0: Hello, my name is Andrew Farhat. Welcome to the Transform Podcast. I have a great guest today. His name is P.J. Arswald. Hey, Andrew. He is our campus pastor at Renewal Church, 3120 Irving Street. You can check them out at 10 a.m. on Sundays. Uh, If you are in the region, we'd love for you to pay them a visit. Um, If if you are not in the region, you're welcome to uh, stream at RenewalDenver.org. Uh, so, today we're going to tackle a very controversial question that I think a lot of Christian leaders get asked. Um, it, se- it tends to be a question that the media likes to put a Christian leader on the spot mm-hmm. with. Yeah. You know, so, and the question is Do you believe Jesus is the only way to heaven? Yep. And so, what they're trying to get the leader to say is yes, and then see, Christians are exclusive, they don't tolerate other people, that's why they're. This and all that, and so um, uh, that is the question today. And I guess what I'll do is kind of get the ball rolling, um, and then I think um, we will have a, a very vibrant yes. conversation around I this. Think this will be good. This will be good. All right. So here, here's here's an analogy that I would just give to kind of get the ball rolling. PJ okay. is, uh, and I shared this with our. Campus on Sunday here at St. John's Wash Park. Hmm. And it was a story of a woman from Boulder who she had pain in her pins and needles in her finger, or it felt like pins and needles in her fingertips, rather. Um, So she went to the doctor to see what was up, Mm -hmm. as we always do when we have symptoms. She got blood tests, MRI, physical tests. Employees seemed unsure. Different people would walk in and kind of, you know, interpret things for her. But then ultimately, a doctor diagnosed her with multiple sclerosis. Mm. So she was told she'd have to pay 30% out of pocket. At first, they weren't clear on how much that would be, but they're thinking it's going to be a lot. So imagine this woman back and forth to the doctor utilizing drugs for multiple sclerosis and this is awful so uh, this is an awful diagnosis this is not what she wants to hear but then it was verified PJ that this was actually a misdiagnosis after a certain amount of time and that she only really had gluten sensitivity (laughs) so it's really awful to get the diagnosis incorrect. Because if you get the diagnosis wrong, you're also gonna get the saviors wrong. You're also gonna get the prescriptions wrong. You're also gonna get the cure wrong. Mm -hmm. And so where I'm going with this is, I think we need to first ask what is the diagnosis of the human condition and then what is it that we need to be able to solve that human condition? What is it that we need to bring healing to us in our human condition so that we can become uh, right with God and go to heaven? Um, any, any thoughts on that as an analogy before we dive in?
1: No, I haven't heard that before, but I think that that um, makes a lot of sense because, again, what you think is wrong is going to determine what you think the solution is. Um, and so clearly in that example... You know, it's, it's crazy to think of such an extreme, like, misdiagnosis as that if it's just a gluten sensitivity. But um, I think, you know, we're going to be talking about, you know, to use the word salvation, how, how you're saved from something. And so clearly you need to know what you're being saved from. And depending on what you need to be saved from is going to determine on what you need to be saved.
0: Right. And so what does what does Jesus and his apostles, who he chose, say the diagnosis is of the human condition. Like, how what, what scripture verses come to mind or, or thoughts come to mind, PJ?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, on a large scale, um, the human condition in its fallen state is this um, disconnection from God, that there has been a severed relationship. You think of all the way at the beginning, God creates humans and he makes them his image to the world. So they are the ones who rule. They're the ones who help the world flourish on his behalf. He walks with them. He talks with them. And then they breach that trust. They um, break his commands and go not according to his word, but according to their own desires. And a curse is put upon the earth now where, you know, we, we feel the effects and kind of all the brokenness of life. But um, we all inherit now this, this brokenness and this severed tie to God um, that we no longer have the same connection that humans were supposed to have. And so I think of Paul, when he's talking to the, um, a bunch of people in Athens, Greece, um, he references um, something they were familiar with, but talks about how in God we have our being, our movement, our life. And so true life is ultimately found through God. Um, true life comes from a relationship with him, a connection to him, um, being a creature under his created love. And, uh, and so as humans now, that's broken. That's not looking as it should and so there's an issue there and so we live in sinfulness we live in brokenness and uh, there's not much hope except for judgment on that brokenness
0: okay so what you're saying is that the diagnosis is that we've sinned and we're disconnected from god yeah um and jesus is uh, an authority for us and i think even people from our culture would say jesus is a great teacher and so this is what Jesus says about our human condition. He says, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But here's Jesus' diagnosis. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Hmm. Um, and, then, and then a couple verses later, he said, You've heard that it was said, Don't commit adultery. But if you look at a woman lustfully in your heart, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Um, So what Jesus is doing is going deeper into our sinful condition and our Mm -hmm. hearts and our motivations and desires. And so it's like he's saying, all right, you think you're righteous (laughs) because you haven't murdered someone. But yet, you live with a lot of hate in your heart, and bitterness, and anger, and rivalry, and uh, and, and and all of that. And then, in addition, he says, "Okay, yeah, you may have not have cheated on your wife, but you have this big fantasy life going on, this secret fantasy yeah. life going on, and that's
1: you stop d- on too many images as you're scrolling through your phone, and
0: <laughs> yeah, and and so you have this big thing going on, and so now." Um, what would you say to the person that's just like, you know, Jesus? This is all too hard. Then who should even who should even try to be a good person? Because like we're all like screwed. Because <laughs> he's talking about hey yeah if you've been if you have had wrath towards someone man that's not righteous, and if you've fantasized you're not righteous. And of course every human being's done those two things on the planet. Yeah. Right? So what would you say to those people that are like, man, this is too high of a standard?
1: I mean, it is, but it's what God demands. It's what he, he wants. It's how it's supposed to be. He's right? perfect. Yeah. And so you think about things that are truly holy, you need, holiness needs to be around them. You can't, you don't take something sacred and then bring something kind of defiled to it because um, those don't go, you want to, you honor that thing. And so God is perfect. He is holy. He is righteous. And so, what he wants and what he deserves is people who are holy and perfect and righteous. And um, that's where we're, you know, and Paul even explains this. In, and throughout scripture, you'll see this over and over again. No one is righteous, not one. He references one of the Psalms. And um, if what we're trying to shoot for, what we're supposed to be as humans, is to be right with God and to live rightly according to his desires. The pretty clear. Like none of us can, can achieve that. Um, John Chrysostom. Uh, He's an early Christian um, theologian and preacher. He was really well known for his sermons. He was preaching on um, Titus 3, and he referenced a house that's broken or dilapidated. And he said, you know, when you have a broken house, you don't just try and prop it up or add on to the house. The only solution is just to tear it all down and build a new house up from the foundation. Mm. Um, And so what we see here is if you're just trying to become better, shoot for perfection, you're never going to reach there. It's like adding on to a dilapidated house, trying to stick props up to try and keep it supported. Um, rather, something drastically has to be done to it, um, in this case by God, to us to tear it all down and build it back up.
0: Absolutely. So all of all of this is to say, PJ, is not, um, you know, try harder or, um, you know, Jesus has such high standards, so yeah. good luck, <laughs> but all of this is to say, it's all pushing us to the diagnosis that we are all in need of a savior, mm-hmm. that we all need God's love, that we all need his grace as a gift towards us. We, yeah. we need that. Um, and so um, the diagnosis is that we have sinned, mm-hmm. that we are ill, and that we need a savior. And that it's not saying, like so many others have shared, um, if you do good works in obedience and in your performance you could heal yourself from this diagnosis yeah man that would be a misunderstanding of the diagnosis it's really bad Correct. Uh, martin luther says that our sinful nature is in bondage Hmm. Uh, john calvin says that the, the the human being is totally depraved yeah so if we have a misunderstanding of the diagnosis then what we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, good works can do it, or meditation can do it, or um, good karma could do it.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, All kinds of religions have prescribed those things. And maybe even, we don't even believe in the diagnosis. And so that's why we think, oh, everybody's going to go to heaven no matter what they do. Yeah, But man, that's that's, um, a dangerous understanding because it's like, Well, what about those um, who, man, we know that they deserve God's wrath because they've done so many evil things on this earth, you know? And so we need to be clear on the diagnosis so then we can be clear on the healing uh, that comes.
1: Yeah, I think I like what you just said there with um, kind of our miscalculation or misjudgment on, you know, everyone going to heaven, because I do think there are, It's really easy for us to identify people who we'd say, like, we don't think that that person has lived a life that deserves reward, eternal life. Um, Much harder for other people that we love, or especially ourselves, to take an honest look and acknowledge that, wait, we we don't deserve that either. Um, And so it is one of those where it's easy to kind of set that bar and you can even, on your own, just to make yourself feel better, kind of set the bar wherever you feel like you you cross it. Um, But to realize that the bar is what God demands is, is connection to Him. Nobody is connected to God apart from, we'll talk about this, but without Jesus. And so mm-hmm. all of us are, are lost um, without, without Him.
0: Yeah. And so what I would say is then, and where I would go next is, and where we would go next is Jesus atones for the sins of the entire world mm-hmm. by shedding His blood. Yeah. He's the only one who's come down from heaven to be our sinless Savior, to die as our substitute. Mm-hmm. So Buddha hasn't died for our sins. Mohammed hasn't died for our sins. Moses hasn't died for our sins. Krishna hasn't died for our sins because they couldn't
2: because
0: mm-hmm. they, had, they had the illness, too. They were sick, too. Yeah. They couldn't be our saviors because they need a Savior. So Jesus is sinless Son of God coming to be the healer. He's coming to give the healing. So when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, he can say that because he knows he's the one that's given by the Father to atone for sin and then rise again from the dead to conquer death. John 3.36 John the Baptist says, and this is a prophet who prepared the way for Jesus, he said, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Uh, Peter, who was chosen as an apostle, Acts 4.12, says this, and he was chosen by Jesus, Mm -hmm. and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And then John, who's an apostle, 1 John 5, 12, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Okay, so why can they say this? They say this because he's the only one who restored our relationship to God through his death and resurrection. So I think we have to get clear on the medicine. The medicine is we are in need of forgiveness before God, and he's provided it. Yep, the medicine is we need to uh, be safe from death, which is a problem that assaults everyone. Everyone everyone knows we're all going to die. Uh, Jesus actually shows in a concrete fashion his healing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He rises again on Easter. We just celebrated that all across the globe a couple of weeks ago, and a week and a half ago rather. Jesus rose again. Is there anyone else that has done this? Uh, and, and been kind of, a, and, and they're still alive today. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, there isn't. No. So what I'm saying is, Jesus is the only one that's done these things. Yeah. So that's why he can say this. And I think, you know, a, a PJ, what if Christians just said, guys, this is the only way I know. This yeah. is the only way that's been revealed. Yeah. Can we say that to people? Yeah.
1: Well, like you said, Jesus, that's what Jesus says. <laughs> He's like, I'm the only way like you have to come through me. Um, and it's an open invitation. It's, I want you to come through me. It's not, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's for everyone. He died for everyone. But, um, yeah, you talked about the diagnosis and antidote, you know, death's coming and, and Jesus by his blood death passes over. Um, and and I love that you highlight the resurrection. Like that's, you know, Paul again, says very bluntly, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then it's all in vain and we are still in our sins. So he says, if this guy didn't actually come back from the dead, then there is no anecdote. It's just, you're you're doomed. Um, But he did rise from the dead. That's what we believe. And so that's why we can trust what he says. That's why we can believe in him and believe that when he says, you have life in me, he means it.
0: Yeah. So it's like, if the diagnosis was like, you're kind of bad, and so the good people will go to heaven and the bad people go to hell. But even we're not consistent with that kind of belief. I mean, man, we, are, we think we're a tolerant culture, but we're really a judgmental culture. Yeah. We, we crucify people really fast. Um, and then we tend to also think that a lot of people are in heaven looking down on us, uh, even if they've you know, been you know, really awful in some ways. Uh, we would still like to do that because I think it makes us feel better, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but what the diagnosis is is that we're totally depraved, yeah. and we need the shed blood of a savior and the resurrection from the dead. And so, another thing I would say, PJ, is every major religion believes in exclusivity uh, because they're they're practicing what's called logic and. and and it is true that Hindus, uh, because of how uh, unclear their paradigm is on how you get there, they can allow for yeah. more paths to Hinduism go- is a broad term. It's a, yeah, it's so <clears throat> There's broad. There's a lot going on, that. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, you know, all religions will claim exclusivity. I think Christians tend to get, <clears throat> you know, a bad rap for this. But I think what I would say is, man... Jesus is coming in to bring life. Christians are out spreading the gospel around the globe to bring life. Christianity is the most diverse religion on the globe right now, statistically. Um, I think Tim Keller captures this in his book, The Reason for God. He says all of the major religions are still predominantly where they started historically. Mm -hmm. But he says there's currently more Christians today in Africa than in the United States of America. Um, and it's growing rapidly in Asia at the present moment. Um, so um, for the, I think this really kind of resonates with my brain. And I'm like, okay, if this is good news for the nations, which we hope that and believe that that's God's paradigm, then we would expect Christianity to, to spread beyond its original headquarters. Yeah,
1: it would be received as good news elsewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I, I agree with that. So then... Some people may say, well, this all just sounds very hard still because Christians then must go out and share. And this is a big task. Mm -hmm. And I would agree. This is a big task.
1: Yeah, and it can be uncomfortable and hard and difficult.
0: Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, But I'd say this. In 1923, (coughs) and I'm just going to run through some... Uh, medical um, revelations that have occurred historically. Okay. In 1923, there was the first heart valve surgery. In 1929, there was the first polio patient saved. In 1952, there was the first kidney transplant. Now, would would it be logical in our minds that the doctors that perform this successfully and saw healing, would it be logical that they wouldn't spread the good news and share that there's healing?
1: Tell other people, hey, look at this. This Yeah,
0: like now, all over the place, we can, we have access to a kidney transplant now. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, it would be crazy if we wouldn't want to share this good news with others. So God's paradigm isn't so foreign to the way that we think. No. He is saying, hey, I have sent my son to be Savior, and we've, we've covered this on different podcasts. If you study comparative religions, obviously we believe Jesus' resume blows everybody out. There's no one that compares to his resume on the planet. You can do the research yourself. <laughs> Jesus is the Savior. He is the healer. He is telling Christians that this is what's been provided for you. We want you to spread this good news because we're all under this condition called sin. Yeah. We are all going to die, and we are all in need of restoration and resurrection.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's right. I, it's right. <clears throat> it's Christians sharing their faith is, is always meant to be a place from humility. If anyone ever asks you, "What makes you so special?" It's nothing. Like, what, <laughs> no. why is your yeah. religion better? It's like I'm not saying that I'm better. I'm not saying that I've I'm wiser. I'm, more, you know, sophisticated, um, one missionary put it, you know, we're all just, it's one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. Hey, look what I found. I didn't do anything. I just, it was just given to me, come check it out. Um, and so we, we operate from a place of humility and, and if we, and this is what too, we have to be really honest about the importance of it, that it is really good news, um, and that there's serious consequences. Um, Penn Gillette, he's a magician. He's Penn and Teller, if you've ever seen those two. He's the taller dude with the, you know, sometimes wears like a little, like, ponytail. And I don't know what he believes now, but um, he was a pretty outspoken atheist for a while, and he had a little video blog at one point. I shared this in a sermon once, but he was reflecting on after one of his shows, this guy came up and said, I really appreciate your show, whatever. And and then he gave him a, a Bible and just said, hey, I want you to have this. And he was aware that Penn was an atheist, and um, Penn Gillette said, thank you. And, um, still doesn't believe the guy, but he said, you know what? I really respect that man because he believed what he said enough to do something about it. He said, if I know that a bus is coming to hit you at some point, I'm going to tackle you out of the way. I'm not just going to say, Oh, whatever you want, like just get hit by that bus. Like he said, how much, this was strong. Penn said, how much do you have to hate somebody to not tell them the bus is coming? Um, and so, we need to be honest. There's consequences. This is a serious thing. And this is really good news. This is getting out of the way of the bus. This is real, meaningful, eternal life here and for eternity. And so, yeah, there's a a motivation, not because we're so smart, but it's, hey, I'm not going to get hit, not because of me, but because of Jesus. I don't want you to get hit either.
0: Absolutely. So it's kind of like, you know, um, why wouldn't we want to share this with others? Exactly. Why wouldn't we, uh, when we know that we've been saved by this and this is god's plan for our healing it only makes sense that we would want to share it thank you for tuning in and we're so grateful uh, that you have tuned in today if you've been blessed by this message we would encourage you to to follow so that we can continue to minister to you if you have benefited we would encourage you to share it with another friend or family member who you think could also benefit from this message next week we're going to tackle a really hard question What about those who have never heard the gospel? What about them? Tune in next week, and we would love to unpack um, God's answer to that. If you have any questions, you could also submit it to hello at sjdenver.org. See you next time.